0: Students can provide useful feedback on instructional practices in class design when they are asked. In this episode, students join us to provide an open reflection on one class's experiment in developing an open pedagogy project.
1: Thanks for joining us for Tea for Teaching, an informal discussion of innovative and effective practices in teaching and learning.
0: This podcast series is hosted by John Keane, an economist
1: and Rebecca Mushtare, the graphic designer.
0: Together, we run the Center for Excellence in Learning and Teaching at the State University of New York at Oswego.
1: Our guests today are Maria Aldrich, Victoria Heist, and Charlie Terrazona, three students who participate in the creation of an open pedagogy project in one of my economics classes this spring semester. Welcome.
2: Thanks for having us. Thank
1: you. Yep,
3: excited to be here.
2: Today's teas are?
1: None of you are drinking tea, are you?
2: No. (laughs) No tea.
1: No tea today.
0: How regretful.
1: (laughs) It happens with many of our guests. I'm having ginger peach black tea.
0: And I'm drinking Lady Grey. The issue is our tea selection is no longer close to our recording studio. It's a problem. It's an epidemic now with our tea choices.
1: Now that we're recording in this little closet in a building next door, where at least we don't have toilets flushing every 30 seconds or so that we have to edit out.
0: So, John, can you start first by explaining what open pedagogy is to frame our discussion?
1: Going back a step further, last year I saw a presentation by Robin DeRosa, who presented on this at the SUNY Conference on Instruction and Technology. And she made a really compelling case for some of the advantages that open pedagogy projects have. And open pedagogy just involves having students create content that is open and shared publicly with the world.
0: So what class did you do in open pedagogy project in?
1: This class is a capstone course in the economics department here. It's taken mostly by seniors and a few juniors, and it's a seminar course in economic theory and policy. It's one of our smaller classes, and we had only 27 students in this capstone this semester.
0: So why this class?
1: because the students were ready for it. The course builds on all the courses that they've had up to this point, and it allows them to pull together material they've learned in all their prior courses, as well as their cognate classes in statistics and math and so on.
0: So what kind of project exactly did you propose to these students?
1: I originally proposed two options. One was to do something on behavioral economics, because past classes have found that to be a lot of fun. And another one I suggested was they could just pick current topics and work in small groups and create papers on that turned out they didn't really like any of those ideas and given the nature of open pedagogy i left it up to the class to decide what the topics would be and i think it was actually charlie who came up with the idea and would you like to tell us what that was
3: i know you had mentioned in the beginning of the class the idea for an open pedagogy and i found that pretty interesting because it seemed like a good opportunity for us as seniors and juniors to really put what we had learned out there and also in terms of topic selection you gave us the opportunity to really choose which topics we wanted to talk about. We ended up choosing the topic of intergenerational mobility and economic inequality. We focused more on the economic inequality aspect of it in the end. But yeah, like I said, it was just a good opportunity for everybody to really finish their college careers with something that they could show.
0: Dr. Kane's going to close his ears now, and you guys are going to tell us exactly what you thought when you said, hey, you're going to write a book.
2: I was hesitant at first, just because group projects are kind of daunting, especially in economics. However, a collaborative group project was exciting to do. To see all of our work put together as economics students isn't something you really see. It's usually individual work.
4: Oh uh, yeah, I would agree with Victoria. I was kind of hesitant at first, especially cuz it was something new for our class, so I figured there were probably a lot of kinks that needed to be fixed. So, I was a little worried about not having everything fully figured out at first. I thought it was something interesting. It appealed to me because I like the thought that other people could read what we had written and we could have control of what we would want to talk about
3: and the topic and the idea of a book project really intrigued me that it just let us put out there what we had learned over these past few years and gave us something that we could show in the end of it.
2: weren't of you scared? not scared. I wouldn't use that word.
3: were you concerned?
2: a bit concerned just because I like doing my individual work. I feel stronger in that.
4: yeah, I would agree. I think group work can sometimes be difficult to have for every class because everyone has a different writing style and everyone works on their projects at different times. So I think at first, you're a little bit worried that not everyone will be able to work well together. But I found that in my group, we were able to work very well and we're able to meet once a week to go over what we needed to work on for the week.
3: Yeah, I found something similar to that experience, whereas my group, after the first few weeks, figured out what we wanted to do and when we could meet and what was the most effective way for us to put the book project together. And I think it turned out really well.
0: So you've all mentioned groups. Can you talk a little bit about what the groups were, how they were determined, and how that worked?
2: The groups were groups of three from the class, because there was 27 people. And then we were able to email Professor Kane and ask if we wanted to work with anyone specific, like if we had friends in the class, we could work with them. But if not, or if we didn't want to work with someone we knew, we were able to
3: randomize it.
4: I was put into a group of two other random people that I didn't know, but we were able to set up a group chat immediately and communicate very well through that.
3: I actually emailed Professor Kane about being in a group with Victoria, and we also included another student in that. I think it worked out pretty well, and I was happy with how it turned out.
1: Before the groups were formed, though, the class decided on what the topics would be. So we had kind of a free-form planning session where we narrowed it down to nine topics you wanted to address. And then at that point, we knew how big the groups were going to be. And it worked out nicely with three people per group.
0: How did each group get assigned a topic?
3: So the way we assigned topics was we had created a list of the nine topics and then each individual group could choose their top three. And then we divided them that way based on everybody's top choice. If they didn't happen to get their top choice, they usually got their second or third. I think that only happened for maybe two groups and they seemed to be fine with what they ended up with.
1: And going back a little bit further, it was a weighted voting scheme that you didn't just rank them, that you assigned points. If I remember, was it 10 points I gave you? Mm-hmm. And so if you really wanted a chapter, you could bid all 10 points on that. And And if you were indifferent, you could have assigned weight to your top three preferences and so forth. And it did work out really nicely where I think most groups got their top choice, but two of them ended up with their second or third choice. But it seemed to work.
0: How did you find collaborating in the end?
3: I found that it worked really well. Meeting every week. We also had presentations every week that we gave on specific topics that we were talking about during that week. So that set the initial schedule for us to meet every week and talk about what we were doing and what was going on also with the book project at the time. In terms of organization, I found it very laid out and simple.
0: So it sounds like you had a writing group that met that frequently, but it also was more of like a study group as well.
3: Yeah, I would definitely say it was a mix between a writing group, a study group. Your group members ended up being the way, if you wanted to succeed in the class, like that was the way to do it, was to work cohesively with your group members.
1: And it should be noted that they had other tasks in the class as well, where they selected topics that were presented each week, and each group was responsible for presenting an article or a research paper on a topic some of which were related to the book and others were completely different. The groups were persistent across all the assignments and involved more than just writing the book.
0: How did you get feedback to make sure whatever you were putting out in the public was good enough?
4: Well, we mainly used Google Docs. At first, we tried to use Hypothesis, but that wasn't really working out well. So we ended up just going back to Google Docs and... Each group would be given a couple of chapters to review each week and they would write a couple comments in that chapter um, as well as some comments made by our professor and we used that and we also used each other's feedback to make
2: those edits.
1: How did that work? Were the comments helpful?
2: No. (laughs) Just because I'm very protective over my work, which I know I should be open to criticisms, However. I got some comments sometimes that I was just like questioning, like instead of what about this article that you might want to look at, it would be change this word where I know we emphasize that often in class many, many times. But still, people would persistently do that.
1: I hope that wasn't for me. (laughs) Was it for me?
2: Oh, no. Well, if you wanted to do that, you're the professor, you can do that. But you also give us feedback that's helpful. Whereas students, I feel like if they're rushed or doing it like 20 minutes before the class, they're not going to look and be like, oh, what about this topic? That might be interesting to consider. Instead, they're like, switch this word. That just might be the students in the class, too, just because we did have a lot of work in the class. And I found that because our group would meet to practice our presentation before the class. A lot of groups were doing their final work 15 minutes before the class.
1: Yes, the quality of the work did vary a little bit across the groups and across the individuals within the groups. Overall, there was some really high quality work. All three of you did really well, but the quality of the feedback varied quite a bit.
0: So the feedback was generally done outside of class, like not during
2: class time?
1: Primarily, except for the presentations on the work, where there was some feedback during the presentations.
2: Yes, but I found that your feedback was the most helpful, Mm -hmm. rather than the students.
4: Yeah, I would say I paid a lot more attention to Professor Kane's feedback than some of my fellow students. Luckily, we didn't have that experience. We had a lot of people giving sincere, really constructive feedback. But sometimes I'd be hesitant to take that feedback because I didn't know if that was the direction that I should be going in. But I definitely think our experience was a little bit better, and our comments were more substantial, I would say.
2: And I think next time, maybe switching the groups that review the feedback might be helpful. Because if you have one group that gives worse feedback and keep getting that, it's not as helpful.
1: The way it was structured was each group reviewed and provided comments on three other groups. And we did that on three stages. And the class decided to maintain persistent groups there. I did give them the option. But I think it does make much more sense to vary it. So you're getting a wider range of feedback.
3: I think the idea to keep persistent groups stem from the fact that we wanted to have somebody read the paper and then continue to read the paper throughout the weeks when we were supposed to be improving it or making it better so then they could also see the changes we were making. And I agree with my classmates where I think we can say that it didn't work out too well because some groups just did happen to give feedback that was too good.
2: I also think part of it was the length of the papers, because each of us had to review three full papers for the weeks that we did that. And three 20-page papers is a lot of reading to do on student-written and economics. And I think maybe in the beginning it was helpful to read all three, but maybe as time went on to scale that back a little bit so we don't get burnt out.
1: More yeah. detailed feedback on a small number of yeah. papers. Yeah, like
2: first I find myself doing it too. Like the first paper, I'll take the time to read every single word and provide helpful feedback, but I can see myself not doing as much on the third.
1: I gave feedback in three different ways. The first time I gave video feedback, and while I've heard that that can be really efficient, I was taking about two hours or so per paper, and that was really slow. And people really didn't like the feedback that much because some of the feedback was fairly long in terms of the suggestion. So I probably gave a little too much feedback. The second was with comments embedded in Adobe. And the third time, I just basically went along with everyone else and provided the feedback directly in Google Docs. And the nice thing about that is I was able to see some other suggestions. And sometimes I say, well, maybe that's not such a good idea. Because in many cases, the original draft actually made more sense than the feedback.
4: What
0: way did you all like feedback better?
3: I think the best feedback I received was actually in-class feedback when I would go to Professor Kane and ask him, hey, you know, this is what's going on with my paper. Is there something else I could look at? Is there another source I could find? I found that to be the most effective in helping me write the paper. I was also a fan of the comments in Google Docs. They were pretty helpful.
4: Yeah, I think the most helpful feedback were the comments from Google Docs because for that last draft, I was able to go through and resolve any comments that I had made the changes to and that just helped motivate me to make my draft a really good copy. And then I would say that I was really against the video feedback because I personally like to review feedback multiple times. I like to go through it, make changes to it, and I found myself just typing up his comments at the end of the doc so that other teammates could see it as well. So I was definitely against the video feedback and prefer the Google Doc comments.
2: Yeah, I prefer Google Docs as well, just because I could see where exactly you wanted the changes done. It gave more specific feedback. And then it also gave the students validity, I guess, like this should be changed. Like I made a comment in one paper, said, I think you mean a different word. And they just resolved it and moved on. But then Professor Kane came through and said, yes, I agree. And I think that you agreed, and they now are aware that yes, those changes need to be made.
0: I think sometimes when a faculty member responds to student comments in a way, then it also helps students know how to make better comments. So it would be interesting to see how another round of that would have gone after Dr. Kane had responded to some of those, right? To see if the comments were better the next time around.
1: Yeah, I think I should have done that from the beginning. And I'm sorry I didn't. But in the future, I'll probably use Hypothesis. Now that we have Hypothesis in Blackboard, it will be much easier. Among the problems we had is that people had some trouble making comments on Google Docs because they also had edit access to those and they couldn't mark up specific text. And with PDFs, it was a bit of a problem given the way the browsers were set up, that they had to change a program in order to make comments on PDF documents. So Now that we have that in our learning management system, it's going to be much easier to do that and the comments will be a little more persistent because one of the issues was people were, as you mentioned, resolving comments sometimes before anyone else had a chance to see them. And the strategy was to have the draft documents with the comments copied over to another folder and they were only supposed to make changes in their working document, not in the documents used for comments, but there were three or four people who through three drafts just didn't quite get that notion. And I'd see the email saying that comments were resolved and I would go back in and unresolve them. But in any case, there were some problems with those. That's an issue that I think has to be worked out a little bit more efficiently.
0: Besides some of the technical issues that we mentioned, what some of the biggest challenges of working on a project like
3: this? I think one of the bigger challenges was keeping the cohesive idea behind the whole book, where the topic we had chosen was income inequality. And we also had talked about intergenerational mobility. But as the book progressed, we kind of saw that portion of the book fall off a little bit where chapters were really focusing on the income and economic inequality topic.
0: So is that something you discussed in class to keep everybody on track?
3: I think we mentioned it at one point towards the end, we were just like, okay, are we going to keep this or are we going to not keep this? And I think we, agreed. we could talk about it, but we won't make it a major portion of the book.
1: There was also some scaffolding on the project that it didn't just start with people starting to write. Groups were first asked to put together a bibliography and then an annotated bibliography and then an outline of the chapter. And then the actual writing started after they had feedback on each of those steps.
4: I would agree with Charlie. I was definitely worried about the cohesiveness of the entire book. But for my group specifically, we did a very broad topic the global trends of economic inequality. And for myself, it was really hard to find relevant subjects to talk about because it was just such a broad topic. It was uh, really hard for each of us to find something that we could spend a large amount of time writing about. So I'm not sure how the other groups felt, but for us, it was definitely hard narrowing down what we specifically wanted to talk about and then to find resources that were recent enough to include.
2: Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think one change I would make after we figure out the specific topics, even go deeper in that, because it's hard as a group to form a thesis statement or a very cohesive argument, because we ended up doing more of a timeline than like an argumentative paper, because you have to split it up.
1: But your topic specifically was on what?
2: Tax structure and income inequality. So basically, we looked at early 20th century, later 20th century and the 21st century and how the changing tax structures led to increasing income inequality over time. So that's kind of how we split it up. But I think if I was to do it again, I would take a different approach to it because I did the first section and in finding information on World War I income inequality is much harder than it seems. So I struggled a lot with that too.
3: Yeah, in terms of how we wrote our chapter of the book, I'm usually a fan of writing papers that follow a timeline as an explanation, but that's just a personal preference. It doesn't work for everybody. So I can definitely see how making the cohesive argument along with following that timeline can be pretty difficult.
1: In your chapter, I think the timeline made a bit of sense. We were talking about the evolution of it and the transitions in your chapter were pretty smooth. I don't think that worked as well as all the chapters. Quite often it looked like there were three essays. Yes. Chopped and pasted together.
2: There was just one paper with a bunch of subtopics, but it wasn't cohesive, and I was reading it, and it just did not make any sense to me how it was organized. So that was one of the suggestions I made, but maybe taking a step further in class and presenting maybe our papers a little earlier.
1: In more stages, more presentations. I was just Mm -hmm. trying
2: to read it, and I just could not make sense of the organization of it, where maybe if we caught that earlier, we maybe could have made a better paper.
1: I was giving them feedback in several groups, that sort of feedback that they need to smooth out the transitions and have a more logical structure. But some groups responded really well and did a nice job with that. Other groups were a little more reluctant to do that.
0: Perhaps some groups would respond really well to some peer pressure.
1: (laughs) And having the presentations in class would have helped do that when people in the class were saying, this is just too disorganized. And most of them got better by the end, but it was a stretch getting there.
0: So we've talked a little bit about some of the challenges, but what was really rewarding about working on this project?
2: I found it really helpful to work with a group. I had Charlie and then another student, Junwei, in my group, and we've all read each other's parts. I know I went through the document and made comments for my own group, too. And we were all able to bring it together, make comments for each other, ask each other questions about, like, what sources to use, especially, too. And it was easier in that regard than an individual paper, because if you make a mistake and you don't realize it, no one's there to help you. It's just you. But here we had people to help
3: each other. Yeah, I always find it beneficial to complete a task with other students also trying to complete the same task as you. It just makes the learning more interesting and you're more willing to go and spend the extra hour looking at the document to just make sure you understand what you're writing, but also that it fits with whomever else you're working with. I found it really finished fish or satisfying just the fact that we, like I said, could create something that any ordinary person could probably read and understand what was happening.
4: Yeah, I think the most rewarding part for me was just seeing that finished product and getting you know positive feedback from Professor Kane and from my other group members. I think working in that group setting helped to motivate me to do the best
2: of my ability. And I think it was just rewarding at the end to see everything come together well. I think it gave us all a deeper understanding of the material too, because instead of writing it yourself, because you can write something and not understand it. I've done it many times. (laughs) But when you're sitting in a group getting a presentation ready, you each need to understand the material. So you're explaining what you learn to each other. And that's something you don't get by yourself. I found that really rewarding.
1: What about the public nature of the project? The fact that this will be out there, it will have your names on it, and it could be out there indefinitely.
3: I found that portion of the project pretty intriguing and exciting. Just like I said, you can go out there and, Obviously we're college students, we're looking for employment after this. So you just show an employer, Hey, I've written something that's been published, it's out there, you can go read it for yourself and see what you think. It gives something for the students to show.
2: Yeah, it made it exciting because we knew what was at the end of the project. Rather than just a finished paper, we actually had something to like prove ourselves. Like we did this.
4: I think for me it was cool to know because at the end of the semester, I'm able to go to my family and say, oh, here you go. This is something that I worked on all semester long. This is something that you can read and you can better understand what I've studied for the past four years. So I think it was helpful that I was able to show my family I've worked hard on this. This is something that is to show for it.
3: I would definitely concur with that. Economics as a topic, isn't really discussed when you're talking just with family members. So many of them don't understand what you're talking about. And you'll try, but it's hard sometimes. So to put something together that they'd be able to read and understand, I found that pretty satisfying.
1: And how did the class select the audience for this? What level was it written for?
2: Students with background in economics, I think we decided on. But we came together as a class and decided on that. But you need economic background to understand some of the things we wrote.
1: But at an introductory level. So it wasn't written at an advanced level. It was written for people who've had an economics course somewhere along the way.
2: Or just no background. You don't have to go to college to read the book. How would you change this project in the future? Touched on a couple
0: of things here and there. But do you have any other key things that if the same exact project were presented to another group of students, how would you change the structure or the way it's organized or the way that's presented
2: the first day? Thinking about the class as a whole rather than just the book project, we did weekly presentations, which was a lot of work in itself. So I would probably minimize those and focus more on the book because we were sitting there reading 20-plus page economic journals every week and making a presentation on it and doing the book project. So I think having more time dedicated to the book project and presenting on that material rather than just economic journals that people have written, like it gives background, which is helpful, but maybe a little less. Or maybe shorter ones or ones that are just easier to understand? Because I know a lot of times you would say, like, I know you guys don't understand this. It's challenging, but we still need to know. Like, you would explain it in class, which would be helpful. But reading something you don't understand is really difficult for students, in economics specifically. That's challenging.
4: Yeah, I would agree. I think at the beginning of the semester, it was a lot of work to have to juggle both the presentations and the book at the same time. So I kind of like the idea, I'm not sure if it was you, Victoria, who mentioned it in class, of doing a presentation one week and then the next week working on the book and having class time devoted to the book in the week after I think that would have been very helpful too because we did meet as groups, but if we were able to meet in a class setting, then I think other classmates would be able to make comments on your chapter and offer advice. I think it would just help overall with the workload that we had.
3: I also agree with that. I think the improvement could be made where we'd work on maybe a random topic every other week and do a presentation on that and then also incorporate the book project into that. I think it would help with the cohesiveness of the book along with just feedback and all the other problems that we had discussed.
1: One of the things I had suggested at the very beginning, you may recall, is I suggested one option is to spend the whole class focused on this. Another option is just to do it the way it was done in the past or something else. And the class actually voted for the something else. Now having had the experience, the something else didn't work quite as well. And that more class time should have been devoted, I think, to this. And I saw that too.
2: I think we're just looking for something exciting. Like, yeah, it's a book project. Like we know what we're going to do with that. But the presentations just added something else. But I went back for a book project because then we could have taken the steps at a slower pace too. like the annotated bibliography, like the topics. We could have taken way more time with that than we did. Because once we did that very quickly and then went into presentations, and then we just had due dates instead of meetings in class.
4: Yeah, I think for us, what appealed to us with this combination of the book and the presentations was that the presentations offered structure for us. And we knew what we were getting with those presentations. We knew each week that we'd come in with a presentation. And I think with the book, we were excited because it was something new and different. And I think we were a little too hesitant to go fully and choose the book because we were sure what we would be doing in class. We weren't sure how we would be tested on that. So I think the combination appealed to us because we were able to have that structure but we are also able to try something new.
3: I know for some of the students in the class, they had mentioned to me, they were hesitant to get rid of the presentations weekly because they were a fan of learning something new every week and learning a different topic, not just focusing on the book project. They really wanted to increase their knowledge base by just learning about multiple fields of economics. So I think that's why we ended up going with what we went with in the end. But I think we all agree that if we had done that every other week, it would have been more efficient. I agree.
1: And I think some combination might be good for the reason you mentioned, but more class time devoted to it would be helpful.
2: Maybe at first to do a presentation. Like the first presentation, I don't know what week that was, but maybe keep that one because when our group really met each other, we worked together and then we planned a time every week where we would meet.
1: And if this is done again, And that will be, if the class wants to do this in the future, perhaps that first topic for the readings could be related to whatever they choose to do. So, they're actually doing some scaffolding with the presentations in.
0: Done something similar in my classes before where a team formed early on. We did something small, low stakes to figure out how you work with each other and what doesn't go well. So mm-hmm. that when you did something a little more high stakes, <laughs> you already knew what the wrinkles were gonna be so that you could plan for that moving on. So it sounds like your presentations serve that purpose, whether or not you intended that to happen
1: or not. But it became a lot of work when it was done every week in addition yeah. to writing yeah. a book.
4: Mm-hmm. That was difficult. Yeah, I think it just helped to make us all more comfortable with each other and more comfortable speaking in the front of the class. So the big question is,
0: of course, should other faculty do this? Yes.
2: I'm working on my honors thesis right now, which is kind of what you would do in a traditional seminar, and it's very difficult. So just having people there write it with you, know what you're talking about. You can ask them questions. In our group chat, we often ask, what would you recommend for this part of the paper? Or what articles do you think are appropriate for this? If you're doing it by yourself, it's very difficult. And the overarching topic, I feel like in a lot of seminars, they have that. It's a topic for the seminar, but it doesn't really filter through as well as the book project does because we are all cohesive, all of us together working as a class of 27 people, which you never see. So I found it really helpful and I liked it a lot. And it wasn't like crazy amount of work. You did the work and you study, you did the presentations and you wrote a paper, but it didn't take you hours every day to work on. I feel like I learned more in this class than I have in other classes that I write individual papers for.
4: Well, I think I would partially agree and partially disagree with that. I think as a class, we all appreciated that Professor Kane was willing to change like the class structure and was willing to try something new. And I think that was definitely intriguing for us and provided something different it was our last economic course. But I think if I had done my own topic paper, I think I probably would have learned a little bit more. I think just I would have preferred that. But I think it was still important to get this experience and try something new.
3: I think I would definitely suggest it to some other faculty members to maybe try this out. Like Victoria was saying, working with a group is pretty beneficial. And I feel like from a personal standpoint, I learn more when I'm working with other people who I can ask questions to, get feedback from really it helps your understanding in the class. In terms of incentive, I find that I wanted to work on the book project because you had that end goal of this is something that I can put out there and and show to somebody.
2: Yeah. But at the same time, group work can sometimes be the worst thing that ever happens to you. Like we got really, really lucky because I knew Charlie. We're friends. So we were like, okay, let's work together. We'll just get one random person. Junwei was like such a blessing. We just work together so beautifully, but I feel like if we had someone that didn't want to do the work, wasn't willing to put in the work, didn't show up to meetings, that would ruin the project for us. So I don't know how you could fix that, but just if there's a good group, it works. If there isn't, I feel like it wouldn't work as well. So good to write one book
0: during your time here, but maybe not many books. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but there could be other things. For example, they could have been podcasts that were created. They could be collections of essays. They could be video projects that are put together by groups. So there's a lot of different things that could be done.
2: Yeah, I would throw that out there if you did this again with another book. Like, yeah, you can write a book, but you could also do that. A different kind of form of the same kind of structure. That would be interesting.
4: I would be interested in doing some type of podcast because I know some of my friends in their classes have been required to do podcasts. And I feel like you have to prepare really well for that. So I think maybe that would have forced your teammates if they weren't doing the work to do the work, so that they wouldn't get to the studio and not have anything to say. So I think that would have been another really cool option.
3: I think it would be a good option for capstone classes, just because I know for a lot of majors, you hear what the capstone is about for the three years before you even get there. And I know personally, for me, I'm also trying to get a political science degree. My capstone is next semester. Like I'm already dreading the 25-page paper I'm going to have to write. So to switch it up and have the students maybe not know. Exactly what they're in for, I think it gives a little bit of an intrigue and, like, okay, this isn't just the I'm going to go and write a paper all year. It's something else that I'm going to do.
2: Yeah, it's more fun. I'm more willing to write a paper that my group members are in. Like, we can all see each other too in the Google Doc and talk to each other in a chat. Be like, what do you think about this part? Or like, Charlie can watch me while I'm writing my part of the paper and say, this is good. Maybe change this or bring this sentence up. You don't do that in individual papers. And even if you write an individual paper and have peer feedback, it's not the same as having it right there, real time, or just people caring more because it's theirs, too.
1: We did have some issues with that early on, though, in the first draft or two, because there were some people who really didn't want to try using Google Docs for writing. And were any of you involved in
3: that? So I'm not opposed to Google Docs. I had just, <laughs> <laughs> I had just always used Word documents before. So it took a little bit of getting used to, but once you admit to it, it's a really nice thing to have in your repertoire. Google Docs, I feel like, is used by countless numbers of people, companies, places, businesses, the college. So honestly, as a student, you should just take the incentive to try to get to learn it. And once you learn it, it's really beneficial to you.
1: One of the problems was that some people were writing in Word and then uploading it to the drive, and that made it really hard for other people to edit. And eventually, everyone switched over, but it did take a few iterations with some people.
4: Yeah, I think there are a couple challenges with having different drafts, because people made comments on separate drafts. So I think just sending out a reminder email would be helpful and letting people know because I know, I think I made my changes in the wrong draft the first time and we had to send an email right away to have him fix that. So I think just having it set up all before the due dates, like before you mentioned it in class would be really helpful too.
1: Yeah, there were some rough spots. This was new for me too.
4: Mm-hmm. So we always wrap up our
0: podcast by asking what's next for each of you?
3: This December, I'm looking to graduate from Oswego, which is exciting for me. And after that, I'm not really sure what's going to go on. We'll see.
4: Well, I'm graduating this Saturday, and I'm going to be moving down to Florida for a little bit and doing an
2: internship there. I'm also graduating Saturday, and I'll be working at HSBC this July in their graduate development program. Sounds like exciting futures for all of you.
1: What are you doing in Florida in internship work?
2: I'm doing the college program,
4: the Disney college
1: program. Oh, wonderful. Maybe I'll see you there at the OLC conference. (laughs) Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure working with you all semester. And thank you for joining us.
3: Thank you for having us.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast service. To continue the conversation, join us on our Tea for Teaching Facebook page.
0: You can find show notes, transcripts, and other materials on tforteaching.com. Music by Michael Gary Brewer.